Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to the King County Preps Friday Night Drive Football Podcast, sponsored by Rosati's Pizza in Crystal Lake, Lake Marine and RV of Woodstock, Adams Collision and Service Centers, and Plum Garden in McHenry. Hello, everybody. My name is Jacob Bartleson inside the Chronicle with Josh Welge here for a postseason edition of the Friday Night Drive Football Podcast. As the regular season got wrapped up, conference champions were decided, and five teams, at least in the King County area, have found out their playoff dates for week one moving forward. Josh, we made it. Yeah, we did. And, you know, I feel like that, that Saturday selection, Saturday has sort of become like Christmas Eve, Christmas type for for uh, for high school football fans and coaches and whatnot, where they're kind of wondering, you know, what's underneath the Christmas tree. In their case, what opponent is underneath that tree and, and who they're going to be playing and, and, and where they're going to be playing and, and whatnot. But uh, definitely an exciting time of year. And, and like you mentioned, uh, we have uh, five teams in our Kane County Chronicle uh, coverage area that will be playing, uh, you know, th- this coming weekend, and a number of other teams uh, within our uh, Shaw Media Friday Night Drive umbrella. I'm going to plug it again. If you have not followed Friday Night Drive, and a lot of you are, and we thank you for that, uh, please follow us on Twitter at FN Drive. Um, we're also on Facebook and Instagram. You can follow me at jwelgy 96 you can follow Jake at Jake Bartleson, and of course, you can follow our King County Preps uh, Twitter as well. Uh, we're going to be having a ton of content this week and all the way through Thanksgiving weekend and, and into the office season, um, really between um, game stories, analysis. Obviously, we had Steve Susie's bracketology last weekend, and, and that was pretty fun to watch. That kept him busy. <laughs> it really did keep him busy, so uh, we're just going to be chock full of, of content um, you know, on through the rest of the month. Um, you know, before we before we get into the playoff breakdown, we're going to be breaking down it uh, quite a bit this week. I think maybe we'll kind of put a bow on on, on week nine, um, and I guess we'll start with a team that came into the season obviously with high expectations. I'm speaking of St. Charles North. They're a team that last year um, reached the seven eight uh, final, where they lost to Nazareth. They had a great season, first time getting that far. Came in with you know. Um, high expectations, even though they did graduate some significant players. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, was a, it was a tough season. Uh, it was, they, they start out 4-1, and one and you're thinking, okay, they're on their way into the playoffs, depend, maybe even win a conference title. And, and then they go on a losing streak to the end of the season. And last Friday, um, in a make-or-break game against Wheaton-Warrenville South, um, they come up short. So uh, a tough end uh, to a season that did have a lot of promise. It did. Um, you know, you mentioned that 401 start, things were looking pretty positive. 
Um, but then they just ran into some tough luck with some losses. Uh, you know, St. Charles East, Batavia, uh, Kyla Brown suffers the injury. Um, so which that significantly alters what you want to do on offense. And, and ultimately, it was something that they were unable to overcome. Obviously, in the backdrop of all of that, you have the um, you know, Aiden Carlson uh, situation going on. Um, so there's just a lot emotionally there as well. Um, but it is surprising that a, a team that was in the Class 7A state final a year ago uh, is, is missing the postseason. You just don't see that very much. Um, I don't think it's indicative of their talent at all. I just think it's indicative of winning and losing um, at, right down there to the end. So it's pretty rare for a Rob Hamizak team to be missing the postseason. I'm looking here. It looks like they missed in his first year in 2013 for qualifying. Uh, but the other years, it looks like they qualified because the HSA has got something weird on their website. So pretty rare thing to see. Um, but in a lot of ways, they're just going to use this as fuel to, to get back in, in the next year. And, and I'm sure they're already game planning for all that stuff. No doubt. And I know, <laughs> and I know Coach Pomazak recently, um, you know, I think he had mentioned on Twitter or after an interview or whatnot that, you know, in one game they were playing 16 juniors and a couple – um, yeah, that was after the Batavia game. A couple of sophomores, and and that and and that that is a very young team, and and playing a tough schedule. They they played five teams, um, five teams with winning records that are in the playoffs, and unfortunately lost all five of those games. Um, and and uh, they're definitely gonna, like you said, use it as as fuel um, going into the off season. And I expect um, them to come out or come back with a vengeance next year. So, um, uh, with that being said. Uh, we turn to Batavia, a team that uh, um, goes out and, and beats Wheaton North in Week 9 uh, to wrap up a share of the Duquesne Conference title. Them and Glenbard North each with one loss in the league. Of course, Batavia uh, beat Glenbard North head-to-head. Um, but uh, Batavia finishes the season uh, strong with a good win. Art Taylor with another big game. They win without Quinn Erweiler, who missed the last couple weeks. And looking forward to see... If he returns this week, when he returns, and obviously they really need him back. Yeah, no, he, he's such an integral part of what they do on defense, and that's not to take away any of those guys and what they're doing, whether it's Matt Ward, it's Riley Corkin, anybody on that defense. It's just Quinn Erweiler is a special player. No one's going to deny that. Uh, yeah, Batavia coming uh, back-to-back seasons, winning the Duquesne, um, an impressive feat for them, um, especially with uh, you know when you start the season. Again, we've talked about this so many different times. When you have an offensive line, Coming into the season that didn't have any really starting experience at the varsity level, and you still win a conference title, I know their defense is outstanding. There's something to be said about that. So uh, kudos all around to them. Uh, we are waiting on the health status of Quint Erweiler, of course, who suffered the injury at the end of the St. Charles East game. Uh, missed the last couple of weeks, as you said, Josh. Um, I'd expect that if he's not back next week, it, it, everything that we've kind of seen and heard it's not super serious from what it sounds like. So if they're able to get him back, great. If they need him to rest an extra week, I don't think it's going to be too too troublesome in the first round at least, and then and hopefully get him back for a No, week. and I think Dennis Brown, the Batavia coach, he even said about a week ago, he said Quinn Erweiler is injured, but he will be back. Yeah, He was pretty definitive about that um, uh, in, 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 in speaking about that. Um, so they certainly uh, need him back and, and hope to get him back. Uh, for the playoffs, um, another team that finished up, um, you know, with a win that is also dealing with a significant injury situation is St. Francis. Um, they took care of business week nine, as expected, against Aurora Central Catholic uh, to wrap up um, that that conference championship. Michael Baffa, is that how you pronounce his name? Mm-hmm. Michael, Michael Baffa, Baffa yeah. um, 
in Rittenhouse's absence. Uh, he threw for three touchdowns in that game. Uh, Rittenhouse had surgery on his non-throwing arm, I believe. It was a broken um, uh, an arm injury, his non-throwing arm. And uh, they hope to get him back, if not this week, for that second round of the playoffs, assuming they, yeah, when uh, I was, they get that far. Right, when yeah. I was out to practice last Wednesday, I reached out to, to Coach McMillan, and he said he had surgery today at that point. And they expect him to be out about two weeks. Um, I think it's interesting just to note that Tommy is still taking recruiting visits by uh, what's going on with his Twitter account. He looks like he was at Iowa State at some point over the last weekend or so, and there's a picture of him in a sling. Looks like he has some sort of a bandage around that left arm. So just something to monitor. We know that the injury is there, um, but we know that at least he's good enough to be able to go look at uh, college visits. Yeah, and different and, and I'm too. sure there's colleges that are interested in that young man. And, and they should. I mean, he player. is having an unreal year, and, I, you know, for as great of a job that Mikey Baffa has done in order in such a tough circumstance, um, they're going to want Brenton House back, who yeah. is just throwing it all over the field. And his receiving core, I wrote about this in the football notes, but you know when when they're averaging double digit catches and everything, it's it's huge. Yeah, um, from from what I've heard, and, and I don't know, I haven't seen St. Francis, but from those that have seen them, uh, Baff can definitely throw the ball, but Rittenhouse is a weapon running the ball as well as throwing yeah, the ball. No, I mean, put the he, he's that dual threat guy that. That, that is really uh, you know unique and tough to stop and certainly a, a key part of what St. Francis does. Um, a few other teams that will be playing um, this coming week or in, in the playoffs, St. Fran- or St. Charles East, excuse me, um, they bounce back from that tough Week 8 loss to Wheat North, go back and beat uh, Lake Park in Week 9, and I think they held them to three yards of offense in the second yeah, half. Yeah, I saw that. That was that. pretty impressive. Right. Um, and then, Kaylin, you were there uh, last Friday where – um, Kaylin's defense looked pretty good. Yeah, it was South it was a yeah. slow start. I mean, honestly, there was a lot of penalties. The the offense took a while to get going. I mean, that was. I mean, it, it was a pretty nice effort from the South Peru, all things considered. Um, you know, they were coming into that game being shut out. You know, on offense the last two weeks, but their defense. You know, for as prolific as it can be, to hold them to three points in the first half was actually pretty surprising to me. Uh, it was a team that utilized not even really a true triple option attack, but a lot of different guys that could run the football. So uh, turnovers is what killed them, and, and mm-hmm. I think Kamlin came out positive on that. They were able to put up 28 unanswered in the second half and, and roll to that. So a nice bow to the end of the year. I know Sycamore won that interstate eight, but, um, you know, when you get your offense going, uh, in that fashion, and the defense and special teams all kind of comes together. It's a nice showing. So, yeah. uh, Kalen's got an interesting matchup. This and we'll talk about it later on, but against Crystal Lake Central. Um, so we'll, uh, yeah. we'll touch on that later. Yeah, Kalen in the playoffs, Marmion in the playoffs as well. They did lose to Joliet Catholic last Friday, but they are in the playoffs and they've really had a had a, had a nice um, nice nice season. There's no doubt about that. Uh, before we kind of break for the interview and then. We'll dive into the brackets and whatnot. I wanted to kind of touch on a couple of games, um, you know, that I was at outside of the Kane Market last Friday. Um, down in Oswego, I was there for 8-0 Manuka against 8-0 Oswego for the Southwest Prairie uh, Western Division Championship. And it it was one of those games that it was worthy of a conference championship game. It, it came down to the end. It was 21-21 to um, going into the fourth quarter. And then Manuka goes on a long 14 play drive that took up like seven minutes. Their offensive line is just huge, and they just leaned on 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 us. We who has a great defensive line, and you know it was just three yards in a cloud of dust, and and just a really impressive drive to finish the game. Um, they win 28 to 21. Oswego had won eight straight conference championships, 36 straight home games in conference since 2010, 
and Manuka snapped those streaks on, on Friday night. So kudos to Manuka, who got the number one seed in the 8A bracket after that win. Um, so uh, a re- really good game um, to finish the season. Uh, on Saturday, um, I got to see Nazareth for the first time since week one. And uh, Nazareth, you know, their offense, I've seen them a couple times this year, and their offense, while good, it's not quite as explosive and dynamic as last year without the Michael Love of the world. I mean, they're still really talented, but it's it, it just doesn't feel like quite the same offense. That being said, their defense is really good. I mean, they, they shut out an undefeated Notre Dame team on the road in Week 8, and then they had Bennett shut out to the last minute when all the starters were out of the game. Um, and uh, so they went and beat Bennett 27-8. to So Nazareth... Goes into the playoffs nine and zero. They got that forfeit game against Ritter we, that we've talked about. So they're nine and zero, and they are the second seed in the seven A bracket behind Mount Carmel, who's undefeated. So uh, a lot of things to look forward to, and we'll uh, talk about it coming up. I got to jump in real quickly. Did you see that Tyler Morris catch that was making the rounds on social media? You know, it's funny. Uh, that catch looked really good from where I was sitting, which was in a press box, probably about four hundred feet away. But then when I saw it on Twitter, I was like, oh, my right. God. Yeah, that was – what Tyron Morris, it's funny. Last year as a freshman, he's, he made one of the best catches I saw of the whole season as a freshman where he went up about as high as a young man can get, and he one-handed a catch. And so it was on Beckham. That was a yeah. freshman. Yeah. So um, he, is a, he is a special talent. Um, Michigan is after him. I, or, yeah, I talked Dane about him. is after him. Uh, Michigan State offered him a couple weeks ago. He can basically pick wherever he goes. Um, extremely talented, only a sophomore, and uh, a very mature young man for that matter. He is a really grounded, mature, measuring his responses. Uh, he is an impressive um, young man alongside J.D. McCarthy, who, oh, by the way, he's pretty impressive too. Yeah, yeah. I, I talked yeah. about both of them actually because I do that Friday Night Drive segment on the Chicago Football Now show on CIU Saturday mornings. And we were just kind of going through the stats and going through all the Morris offers. I'm like, these two are pretty special and, yeah. and whatnot, too. So a lot of fun. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We come back. We're going to be breaking down all of your bracket, uh, all the bracket matchups in the Kane market and Suburban Life and Kendall County. You're not going to want to miss it. Make sure you're glued to FridayNightDrive.com. We'll have plenty of updates for you. You're listening to the Kane County Preps Friday Night Drive football podcast, and we'll be right back. Alrighty, Jake Barlison here for our King County Preps Friday Night Drive podcast with Batavia star Trey Erweiler. Trey, thanks for taking some time right before practice. Just jump right back in the last week, winning conference two years in a row. I, I spoke with Matt Words earlier this week, and he's like, we haven't reached our full potential yet. No, yeah. So I'd, lo- I'd love just to kind of get your your sense of not only winning conference, but you guys got a lot more to play for, I'm sure. Yeah, no, we're excited for the postseason. Uh, we definitely haven't reached our full potential yet. Um, conference was a big deal, something that, you know, at the beginning of the season we said this is what we want to do. Um, you know, the districts are coming soon, so we want to sweep this conference. So that's that's our goal. We did it. Um, and, yeah, we, we're really excited for this postseason. Uh, we're going to do some great things. We're going to surprise a lot of people. So, What was one of your favorite regular season games, you know, that you played in, whether it was a win or loss? Obviously, you guys saw a lot of great competition. East St. Louis to open up the year. You handled Wheaton Warrenville South a lot pretty well. So, any just game that was your favorite for you? Probably uh, Wheaton Wardville South because uh, we really just came out firing all c- cylinders that game. Um, it kind of shows, you know, what we can do. Um, so, yeah, probably just the Wheaton Wardville South game. So now looking ahead, obviously, to Saturday in the postseason once again, you're going to be hosting them. Uh, Thornwood coming up here. 
weather-wise, we, we were just kind of talking right before the, the microphone, but we might get some snow. I know you don't seem like the biggest fan of this playing in the snow, but nah. what do you think most of the team? Do they like playing in the snow, or what's your guys' um, thought? <laughs> I mean, if it, if it happens, it happens. You know, we're, we've been fine in the snow before with the with Bennett and all these other games, so um, you just kind of, if it happens, it happens. Obviously, we're, we're going to be prepared for it. You know, coaches, we're not going to go inside today. We're going to, you know, because – you got to be prepared for everything. So, I think it's interesting you mentioned the Bennett game. And I'll, I'll, I'll always remember, <laughs> I'll remember you putting down Brutus at yeah, the 50-yard yeah, yeah. line. and Big game. Pretty pretty big game. And there's some post or pregame <laughs> pleasantries, we'll yeah. say, here, too. Um, I'm not going to put you on the spot here and ask about Quinn or anything like that. But, um, obviously, living with him and seeing with him, how's his spirits? We'll, we'll put it that way. Yeah, no, he's been working hard. Uh, he's, he's in great spirits. Um, he'll... Yeah, he's in great spirits. Awesome. Yeah, no, I don't want to put you on the spot. Obviously, it's a tough thing. Uh, that being said, um, also, your regular season was great. You know, you were always towards the top in terms of receiving yards and staying healthy was obviously, you know, a really mm-hmm. yeah, uh, a big thing, thing for you as well. So when you reflect on your regular season, is there is there another gear that you haven't hit yet that, that we're going to see here in the postseason, you think? Or, um, you I mean, know, 600-plus receiving yards, <laughs> we saw quite a bit. No, yeah, I was just talking with some of the receiver guys. You know, we feel as a, as a group we have a lot more to bring to the table to this team that hasn't been shown. So um, just the whole receivers, we're really – we're, we're out there to make plays, so that's what we want to do, and we're ready to really turn up for this playoff. Last quick, or last question here, and I'll let you go. Art Taylor, outstanding end of the year. I yeah. mean, touchdowns after touchdowns, all the kick return yards. Right. Um, what can you just say about the job that Art has done this season? I know he struggled with fumbles and everything, but he's really come on strong. Yeah, you know, people don't realize. I wish everyone could see the kind of player that Art is. I mean, he's he makes everyone better. Um, plays with a lot of heart, and you know, I think it was like six touchdowns in two games that he put the team on his back. Uh, yeah, we need him. He's a he's a big part of our team. All right, Trey. Good luck on Saturday, and thanks for that. Thank you, no problem. All right, All righty, welcome back to the second half of the Kane County Preps Friday Night Drive Football Podcast. Jake Bartleson, Josh Welge, Inside the Chronicle. You can follow us on Twitter at Jake Bartleson at J Welge. 96. Also, make sure you're following all of our social media content on FN Drive or Friday Night Drive at FN Drive on Twitter, so on and so forth. I'm going to make a quick plug for Steve Seuss. We touched on him at the, the first part of this. There is not anybody smarter out there when it comes to the brackets and how hard he worked over the last week than Steve Seuss. He should be absolutely commended, especially with all of the we'll call drama for now with the Chicago public schools and the, and the teachers union and how it affects the brackets and whether or not, which I'll make a quick point here and then we can get into the play. Um, so all those CPS schools that qualified are in Simeon was the interesting story. They've had the seven games played the IHSA. They were, there was an appeal on Friday. The IHSA waived that eight game uh, waiver. Um, so they're in for now as we tape here on Monday the big question, though, is Tuesday, Tuesday the 29th. That's realistically the golden day for when things need to get wrapped up by for this teacher union strike. What ends up happening is this, is that the IHSA is a, straight by, a strike bylaw that says if you've missed at least seven consecutive days of practice, excluding Sunday, you got to practice three times in order to play the following week. So, in theory, if something is passed on Tuesday, it would theoretically give them Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday in order to play practice so they can play their game. If that doesn't happen, to the best of my knowledge, and I haven't seen anything to contradict this, um, none of those schools will be able to play. They're going to have to forfeit, and it really throws things out of whack. So 
Uh, I don't know if you've seen anything to the contrary on that, but that's my understanding. I have not, and, and I'm drawing a blank on the exact number of Chicago Public League teams that are in the playoffs. I do know affecting our Kane County teams, uh, St. Francis uh, is scheduled to play Chicago Clark in the first round. Marmion is scheduled to play at Chicago Amundsen in the first round, and I'm fairly certain both of these those teams are Chicago Public League teams, in which case... St. Francis and Marmion would both get forfeits into the second round. Um, I know that there is some worry, too, that what if there's two Chicago Public Leagues that are scheduled to play in the first round? Um, a team could conceivably get a forfeit right. into the quarterfinals. Fortunately, that did not transpire. Um, but, um, you know, we certainly hope that things can get resolved. I'm not taking sides on, on the strike. From the football standpoint. From the pure exactly. football sense, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, in an athletic sense, you know, you know hope they, it gets resolved um, by Tuesday and, and the kids can play this weekend. So yeah. that's where we stand right that's now. That's where we stand as we tape here on Monday. So we're going to have to kind of monitor this throughout the week. I'm sure Steve Susi is probably working his sources to try yeah. to figure out what's going to happen with the bracket. Should uh, this go into prolif- proliferation and, and all these brackets get out of whack? That being said, let's dive into the matchups. we got five King County teams that have found out their playoff fate on Saturday. I know there's some issues with the IHSA. Uh, stream on Saturday, they were doing some new equipment and it, it wasn't working. But we found out uh, via the good old-fashioned brackets. Anyway, Batavia has got a first-round matchup on Saturday. It's announced at 1 o'clock. They are playing South Holland Thornwood 5-4 and four, uh, coming into that game. Batavia obviously hosting. Um, you know, first-round matchup. They play well at home. The home crowd is always into it. Uh, I, I like their chances just completely on paper for that fact alone. Sure. Yeah, it's a, a 1 o'clock game at, at, on Saturday at Batavia. Uh, Thornwood from the south suburbs. They're a team that um, they lost their last three games, including a, a pretty significant loss to Crete Money, who's um, one of the better teams in 6A. Um, Thornton, I did some quick math for everyone on here. Their their wins this year have, have come against teams with a combined record of 12-33, and 33. Um, which, oof. Um, right. <laughs> their their last playoff win was in 1994, and this is only their third playoff appearance since 2001. So obviously the deck the deck is stacked pretty significantly in Batavia's favor. Of course, they're never going to overlook anyone. No. But that being said, I certainly like Batavia's chances in this round. And I'm going to be honest, I see a collision course with Batavia and Nazareth in a quarterfinal, and if both get through the first two rounds. They would meet in the quarterfinal in a rematch of last year's semifinal, which Nazareth won. So, um, and and of course, those are the last uh, those are the last two seven eight champions. So, uh, we'll see what happens. But Batavia certainly um, should be favored this week. Yeah, I liked and I and I spoke with Coach Piran on Saturday, and I liked what he said. He's like, you know, it's fun to play somebody you've never played before. Because I'm like, what's the history with Batavia and Thornwood? Probably very little. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and he's like, well, we've played, you know, Moline. There's Granite City last year. And they had a four-and-a-half-hour drive to get up there. Uh, you know, Nazareth, uh, I'm reading from the quote, he's like, there's a whole bunch of schools the last four or five years we've never played before. And I yeah. think that's really cool. So, yeah, one of the one of the cool, I guess we we'll call byproducts of the postseason, besides the winter losses, is you get to see – some schools that don't have history together playing-wise, and you're able to see different talent all across, all across the state. Yeah, I, I honestly, I really don't know. I mean, I know where Thornwood is. It's, it's in the south suburbs of South Holland. But their football program, I really don't know much about them. When I think of Thornwood, I think of Eddie Curry, the player for the Bulls. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he was a very good basketball yes, player, yes. but he was not a football player. So um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. 
um, as Batavia uh, welcomes Thornwood. A team that will not be at home this week by any stretch uh, will be St. <laughs> oh Charles East. God, um, they are in that loaded 8A bracket, and they will be taking a very long four-hour drive south on Friday One way. Um, to Edwardsville. It's about a four-hour drive uh, to Edwardsville uh, for a 6 o'clock game on Friday at Edwardsville. Um, that is uh, um, Ed- Edwardsville. They are a team this, they're in the playoffs for the eighth straight year. Um, they've been in the second round of the playoffs six of the last seven years. Um, their only losses this year was to Christian Brothers from Missouri, I believe, and East St. Louis, who's, who's pretty good. And um, Edwardsville, they beat DeKalb by three touchdowns earlier in the year up here um, up north. And um, Edwardsville, kind of the name to watch. Uh, Justin Johnson, he's a seventh-ranked senior in Illinois. He has offers from Purdue and Illinois. He's a running back. So uh, uh, certainly a tough assignment for St. Charles East. But they've had a heck of a year, so um, that should be a whale of a game. Yeah, you got to, you know, that I think that defense is going to be key, especially uh, coming off a, a week in which you held Lake Park. I know that it's, it's way different, but you know, holding them to three uh, you know, offensive yards there, I think you can kind of play into that. Uh, you don't want to look too far ahead, but should St. Charles East win and Juliet or Juliet West and Manuka, they play on the other side of that. I'm assuming Manuka is going to win that one. Uh, so if you win St. Charles East, if you beat Edwardsville and Manuka should beat Juliet West who's a 4-5 and five team, uh, good luck <laughs> the next round against Minooka, who's the, the, the first-ranked seed. So. Yeah, no, no doubt. And, and Minooka, you know, saw him last Friday, that's a quality team. But, boy, I, if St. Charles East can win that game, you know, I, I feel good about their, their chances because that, that's a tough first assignment, and, um, and they would feel pretty good about themselves. And let's, say, let's just say it, St. Charles East has played some tough teams in the oh, yeah. last oh, few yeah. years. I mean, you know, playing Lincoln Way East, Yep. Um, and, and, and they, they really should have won that game two years ago. A couple yeah. years ago. So it's, it, they're no stranger to playing tough opponents in the playoffs. And, of course, you're in the playoffs, so you're going to see really good teams. But they've seen some really good ones. So um, interested to see, interested to see uh, what, what comes out of that game. But, uh, but certainly a game that we'll be watching. Absolutely. So that's, that's it for 8A. And we'll kind of jump down here into some of the, the lower brackets here. Caneland, who I saw last week. Uh, they are going to be jumping into the fray at 6A. They're going to be hosting Crystal Lake Central, who's 6-3 and three on the year. Uh, it's a team that uh, in Caneland that made it to the second round last season. They fell to Cary Grove. Um, but Caneland, again, no stranger to the playoffs as well under Pat Ryan. They've been solid and successful, um, especially with that offense getting figured out. And, you know, they've only had a pair of losses that, you know, pretty close I, I haven't seen Crystal Lake Central. I know our friends up in the Northwest Herald uh, area have. I, I got to like Caneland at yeah, home. You know. You know, yeah, Caneland was a team that going into the year I, with the with their quarterback back, with some other key players back, I really thought that they were a team that can make a run in 6A, and I, and I still feel that way. Yeah, I, I do too. You know, they've had some 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 hiccups along the way, but 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 still, you know, they finished well. Um, defense, obviously, a pretty good performance last week. Jill Smith at, at quarterback. Um you know, fortunately for them, is they are on the opposite side of the bracket from East St. Louis. Yeah, so definitely you're just a team you want to yep. avoid. Um, uh, so you know, they played Crystal Lake Central first off. Uh, Crystal Lake Central did some little research on them. They um, they took fourth place in, in the Fox Valley Conference, which is a really good league. Yeah. Um, their last playoff win was 2012. Um, they have one win over a team with a winning record. Um, they started the season 0 and 2, but then they won six of the last seven. Um, so uh, definitely, I would say for Caneland, a, a winnable game, probably a game. I mean, they're at home, so you'd think 
they would be favored, but uh, you know we'll see what happens. If they win that game, they probably are looking at playing at Belvedere North, so a little bit of a drive there. And then Deerfield is on their side of the bracket, and then of course Prairie Ridge on their side of the bracket as well. Prairie Ridge is the number one seed in 6A, um, and Simeon, for that matter, is on their side of the bracket as well. But um, you know, again, Caneland, you know, a team that I thought <laughs> I'm going to repeat myself, a team going to play, going in the season, I thought. Can make a playoff run, and and I still feel that way. Yeah, they're they're a solid team. I mean, I mean they they really compete well in all three phases. They came up with a couple, uh, you know, big plays. You know, special teams has been pretty solid. I think as as long as you can control, I know this is kind of general, but as long as you can control the clock, and they have a running game, Joe Smith can run if they really need to. I'm not sure if they like him running all that much, but he had a great scrambling ability last week that I had seen that I, you know, I hadn't seen. That was my first time seeing Kalen in-game action since Joe Smith's first start as a sophomore. That was two years ago. You know, I mean, I saw them at 7-on-7. Seven seven. He's an old man now. He's yeah, exactly. Now. The grizzled veteran that he <laughs> is there. But uh, I, I love the, the weapons that they have. Max Gagne, Colton Dahl, Ian Deal uh, at tight end. Jack McIntyre has been a, a great, nice surprise at running back. So I like the personnel that they have. Moving down into 5A, we have Marmon Academy. They're going to be playing Chicago months. And again, that's kind of a potential asterisk. I can't say that word, but we'll kind of wait and see with uh, you know what happens with that and the CPS. Uh, they ended a you know the, the tough regular season you know against Julia Catholic with a loss. But I, I, mean, I, I say this, I feel like every week, but Major Haas. Yeah, every time you look at these stats, I mean he's up there with a lot of our our aerial leaders. So uh, it's kind of starts and ends with him in a lot of ways, especially on defense. Um, but he's such an offensive weapon as well. Yeah, and and I tell you what, whenever you get into playoffs, I always feel very good about teams like Marmion that come from really strong leagues that get really good competition week in and week out and they're prepared for the playoffs um, that play tough competition throughout the year going against teams that maybe they don't face these teams week in and week out um, and and I always like teams like that chances not to say Marmion is going to win a state title I, I don't yeah. know but but I, I certainly like their chances they've They've, they've uh, definitely acquitted themselves well in, in some tough games throughout the year. They do come off that tough um, – that was a tough loss to Joy Catholic last they, – they, they got beat pretty good by Joy Catholic. But, um, um, you know, we'll see. And we'll see if they're even playing this week. Obviously, they're one of the um, teams that are playing in Chicago Public League And we team. touched on this yeah. also with St. Francis. So, uh, you know, Josh, if you want to kind of just jump over, over to the Kendall market or – uh, you know, suburban life matchups that you're looking at. I know the one that really I circled, you know, with and potentially might see Friday, depending on what happens, is Glenbar North and Bennett. Yeah, uh, you know, definitely. To that um, matchup regardless. Right. Uh, Glenbar North, we talked about them before. They are 0-9 last year. They come back this year. Great bounce back year. They win a share of the Duquesne Conference. They will be hosting uh, Bennett on Friday, uh, which is a really interesting first-round game. Um, Bennett, uh, they started 6-0. They had kind of a backloaded schedule. Um, where they had Loyola, St. Rita, and Nazareth all on the road. <laughs> it's a tough way to finish the season. Wow. Um, their starting quarterback, Colin Gillespie, is a really, really talented quarterback. Um, he took an injury to the head, or a hit to the head week seven, and their coach uh, told me that they held him out week nine uh, for precautionary reasons. Um, he didn't say that it was a – they weren't sure whether it was a full concussion or whatever, but they just wanted to be safe about it. And, Makes um, sense. It's the head. And their and their offense just did not look the same without him uh, against Nazareth. So uh, that being said, uh, their coach Pat News he expects Gillespie to get back to practice 
uh, on Monday as we tape this, and he expects him to play this Friday, and they really could use him in a lineup um, against Glenbar North. And, and that you're right, that, that should be one of um, the better first-round games uh, in the area, maybe in the state. Um, uh, another, uh, you know, there's a lot of good first-round matchups in 8A. Um, you know, Loyola, Maine South, well, that's, yeah, right. that jumps off the page uh, right there. Um, one that I will be seeing on Saturday night, another good one, uh, Bolingbrook is going to be playing at Hinsdale Central, and I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, Bolingbrook has South been Bowling. a week-in and week-out, or year-in, year-out state power. Um, they did have a couple losses this year, including Week 9, which is probably the reason why they're having to play Hinsdale Central. Um, you and I have both seen Hinsdale Central, and I tell you, I really like that team. I mean, they, they you know, I was kind of looking at a bracket. I was like, I, I could see Hinsdale Central really making a deep run. Yeah. But then I kind of look at the bracket, and I'm like, wow, it could be tough because the, the bracket is just so strong. I mean, the winner of that game probably is looking at playing maybe in Oswego in the second round. Um, so the 8A bracket is just really unforgiving. But um, that Hinsdale Central bowling matchup is one to watch. I mentioned they're, they're going to be playing in Oswego potentially in the second round. Um, Oswego hosts Elgin in the first round. Elgin is back in the what playoffs a great story. for the first time since 2010. Um, I will be seeing that on Friday night at Oswego. I'm looking forward to seeing Xavier Bonds, their yeah. senior quarterback. Um, he had 300 yards, over 300 yards, and four touchdowns uh, last Friday at East Aurora. Um, Elgin started the season 0 and 4, and they've won five in a row. Um, so, really looking forward uh, to seeing them go up against Oswego. Um, who's who was eight and one on the year and, and and really a strong team. So a lot of good stuff around the area. We'll have plenty of content for you this coming week on Friday Night Drive. I think we have a kind of like a roundtable thing that John wanted us to put together and some of our thoughts on what we're looking forward to and all that. So make sure you're looking for content there. Um, I'm going to continue putting together the stat leaders at least for one more week uh, for Prince, and then from there I'm not sure. But we have football notes and features and podcasts and everything else. We're going to continue going as long as it takes us, hopefully all the way to Thanksgiving <laughs> uh, when, when it's all nice and cold. So with that, Josh, real quickly, anything else before we sign off on the week? No, I'm looking forward to, to seeing some great football this weekend. I know we're going to see a lot of it. All righty. And before that, we got lots of soccer and volleyball and everything else. So get ready for the stretch run. Okay, thank you for listening to the Kane County Perhaps Friday Night Drive football podcast. We'd like to thank our great sponsors, including Rosati's Pizza in Crystal Lake, Lake Marine and RV of Woodstock, Adams Collision and Service Centers, and Plum Garden in McHenry.